Father God, we want to come into your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts, with praise in our lips. We want to bow before you in worship and adoration. For you are the great God who created this universe by speaking it into existence. And we are the work of your hands, which you have not abandoned. But ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the Bible is about the story of salvation, of God seeking us to redeem us from the terrible wrath He has on sin. So terrible that only a sinless man with a divine being, the God-man, Jesus Christ, could pay that debt which He paid in full on the cross when He said, It is finished. The great work of salvation has been done. Nothing can be added. And it's to be received by faith, which is a gift of the great God Himself. That's the message of the... That is the good news. Thank you for that this morning, Lord. Thank you for each and every person that's present here. We pray, I pray that according to the promise that you have for us in Revelation, that we who hear this and understand this will receive a blessing. Please bless your people as we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Revelation 14, 6, or no, 8, I read, another angel, a second, follow easy, uh, saying, Fallen, fallen is, the, is Babylon the Great, who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. We go to chapter 18. So as I tried to explain to you before, the Bible, as far as Revelation is concerned, is not necessarily chronological. This is what one angel said in chapter 14. And we have last time seen the outpouring of the bold judgments at the, the coming of the Lord, or just before His coming, the, the seven bold judgments, which is the wrath of God. And that was in chapter 16. And now we have an interlude. The interlude in chapter 7 was looking at the great prostitute, the harlot. And here we look at the fall of Babylon. So to make it really simple for us, we have to go back to Genesis, where God has created Adam and Eve and warned them not to eat of the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil. And then after they have fallen, the Garden of Eden was closed to them and they were under the judgment of God because if you've sinned, you're going to die. And Exodus, uh, sorry, is, um, is another passage in the Bible says that the soul that sins must die. That's what the devil's lie was trying 
to keep from Adam and Eve, that God is not serious about what he says. You will not die. The only reason why God put you to the test and say, do not eat of that, because he doesn't want you to become like him. No, God really meant, if you eat of this, you will die. So, then, he, he, said to, he told them after he has uh, declared the curses on Adam and Eve and on the serpent, that they have to go and multiply and fill the earth. But they come, I want you to think back, let's jump to the flood. Noah was in the ark with eight, there were eight people in the ark, and he had three sons. And one of the sons saw Noah being naked after he planted the vineyard when he came out of the ark. And, and some people say some incestual sex happened, or he was violated by Ham. The Bible doesn't say anything. I think what has happened is he saw Noah and he made fun of him and he ran to his brother and said, come and look at our drunk dad. But he, God invoked a curse on Ham. And one of the sons of Ham was Cush. And Cush had a son whose name was Nimrod. And the Bible says Nimrod became a mighty hunter before God. But if you look at the ancient Hebrew, what it actually meant is that Nimrod became a mighty hunter against God. He rebelled against God. He said, God pronounced a curse on my father. We will, instead of running away and scatter over the earth, he, had, he was a powerful man. He was a powerful hunter. Maybe at, at, at that stage there might have been dinosaurs still around. But he was uh, the wild animals were really a threat to a human civilization. So he started to assemble people and say, instead of each group fighting off the wild animals, let's make a city and build walls and be safe. But his main aim was to disobey and rebel against the order of God and say, I will, I will build a city, we will build a tower. And that tower has meant something to make a great name for himself. To think of God and his great name, I want nothing to do with that. I am going to build my own tower. And this tower will be so high it will reach to the heavens. So that he thought maybe to prevent, if there's ever again another flood, he might be, he might be safe. Because that tower was, for that time was extremely high, 300 feet. And it was higher than any other tower in the similar and similar cities elsewhere that was discovered years and years later. So it was really a significant tower. But the main aim is he set himself up against the rule and reign of God. And that tower, tower we know that name was Babel. And Babel became the city, became Babylon. So I want you to have a clear understanding. What we are talking about is when you think of Babylon, I want you to think not so much of a location as of a mindset of rebellion against the rule and reign of God, which the Bible um, construes as sexual immorality in many instances. So it's it's not to say that there was not sexual immorality when they intermarry with uh, or cavorted with the other nations, but it is 
God sees Israel as his wife, or his, his people as his wife. And when they, uh, offer idol, when they offer to idols, he calls that they, they have committed adultery, sexual immorality. So when we go back to uh, 18, I want you to know that in 17 we have come across what the Bible calls the great harlot, the great prostitute, which we already dealt with 17. And now in chapter 18, we think of Babylon, the fall of Babylon. So in your mind, you think, oh, who's the, who is the harlot and who's, the, who's Babylon now? But please think about this as how, the, how we want to see it from now is that ever system, any religious system, any human organization that has set itself up against the knowledge of God. That is the prostitute. And the prostitute is more the teachings. But often the teachings come from a central location, which would be a city. So think of an empire. You think of the, the, the empire of in, in British, the British government at some stage, but the headquarters in London. So if you talk about London, you can talk about the empire. But if you talk about empire, London is included. So when we talk about the great prostitute and you talk about Babylon, every false religion, any system that is against the truth of God's word. Now, in chapter 14, the angel said, fallen and fallen is Babylon. So it means, it seems like if it's already happened in the past. But what it really says in the, in, in the, in the Greek language is that as far as God is concerned, it has already in the past because he lives outside of time. So certain is this going to be that the, the Bible says it is past. And if you go and read Isaiah 53 and, you, and you, you, you look at the prophecy about Jesus, he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The uh, chastisement that brought us peace was upon him and by his, and by his wounds we were healed. Right? He's talking about the Messiah, but it's already in the past tense. As far as God's concerned, who's outside of time, he, is not, he doesn't have a beginning or an end. He sees everything in the now. Now, um, out of Babel, I spoke to you last time about uh, Nimrod married somebody of dubious uh, sexual proclivities whose name was Semiramis. So Nimrod, Semiramis, they started the beginning of what we call the mystery religions of Babylon. So if you take a big circle like a pie chart and you take just small section, maybe this section, this is the truth of the gospel. All the rest, the false religions of the world today will have their origin in Babylon started off by Semiramis and Nimrod. So, to go into Semiramis, if you, if you think of how often you have seen a picture of a mother and child, they call it the mother and child religion. That has started off in Babylon. Because Nimrod was killed. I've said last time he was killed by Seth, but some resources say he was killed by Esau because of the fact that he elevated himself above God and said, I have to be worshipped as God. And Semiramis, Semiramis was called the Queen of Heaven. Who is today called the Queen of Heaven in Roman Catholicism? Mother and child. Mother and child's religion has never passed 
from Babylon. And that religion is still here today. So Semiramis has claimed after Nimrod died, she fell pregnant. She, she went underground because Nimrod was there. She was concerned she'd be overthrown. So they started, uh, they started off with um, a confessions. They initiated confession. And, they, and they, their priesthood was a priesthood that could not marry. So celibacy in the priesthood started off in Babylon. Confession to the, to the priest, the reason why she did that is because once you confess your sin to somebody in the organization, they have power over you, like the Christian psychology have today. So she, she said to the people, she was impreg impregnated, she had an immaculate conception. Who else today has an immaculate conception? Mary. So many... All of that f false religion has never died out. I, I can go on and on and on and talk to you about the, the false doctrines that have been imported into the Roman Catholic Church where they believe that the Pope is the vigor and he's actually on the cross for us. The Pope takes the place of God Almighty on the cross. These things are decisions of men that they have taken on their councils that very few practicing Roman Catholics would know. So my point here is not to talk about uh, the people. I'm talking about the false doctrine that's crept in many places. And even in Protestant churches and so on, there are doctrines of men that, that uh, Paul talks about, the fact that they forbid people to marry as a doctrine of demons because it's never before, never to be found in the Bible. And that has led to the most awful kind of sexual immorality within the church like we have not known before. So, when God, when, when, when God uh, came down and confused the language of Babel, that mother-child religion has been spread all over the world. And we have come across that when we were dealt with Ephesus. And Ephesus, she was called Diana. Some places she's called Artemis. Uh, they have this long, even in China, in every possible religion. Do you know why? Satan in Garden of Eden, has heard that there is a seed coming of the woman that will be the savior of the world. And before, before the onset of Roman Catholicism, the Babylon uh, mystery religion was very well formed because Satan wanted to sow confusion. When the true Messiah comes, there would have been many messiahs elsewhere through this mother-child um, uh, uh, false religion that he spread. That's why today I have a, one of my uh, family members uh, is, is a theologian from a, liberal, uh, from a liberal mindset. And they look at the comparison of religions. And when they compare the religions, they see, oh, Christ, uh, the, the true Christian religion, as we say true, is but just another form of the mother-child religion. And that's why they believe our claims of Jesus being the, being the Savior is just like what they've claimed since uh, Tammuz was born. Because Tammuz was believed to be an incarnation of his dead father, uh, Nimrod. Immaculately conceived. And they also claim, Semiramis, that she's a perpetual virgin. And if you want to go, go to a Roman uh, Catholic website and see what they proclaim of the uh, perpetuate virginity of Mary, despite the fact 
that the Bible says that she, uh, she, uh, Jesus had four brothers and, and, and three sisters. So that is, that is uh, um, why I'm saying when you think of Babylon and when you think of the false prostitute, think of anything that is opposing the true Christian religion. So let's go to verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 1. <clears throat> now, before I do that, when, when John talks about the fall of Babylon, he is quoting many of the verses that we will come is already in the scriptures. He is quoting from Jeremiah 51, and he is quoting from Isaiah 13, and he is quoting from Ezekiel 26 and 27. And when you read those passages, if you look at the heading of those passages, it's all about the destruction of Babylon. So, God has already, he has used Babylon to punish Israel, right? You remember that it was Nebuchadnezzar that infiltrated, or, or that ransacked Jerusalem and took off all the Jews and left only a few. That was he, God's hand in the punishment of his people for not obeying his law. And God said, although I use Babylon, I will also, I'll also punish Babylon for their sins. And, he, and when, we, when, when we go to John, he is quoting the Old Testament, and this has already happened. I told you last time that I saw a video of the, 55 miles south of Baghdad in Iraq, east the Tigris River, and you can actually see from a drone view the, 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 uh, where the city wall was of Babylon. And according to the scriptures, if you go to Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 51, wild animals will live there. And it's so amazing when you look at the drone shot, there's no civilization within the, wall, in that, in, within the walls of the city, just in the surrounding area. So God's word has literally come true. Um, so let's go to verse 1. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. So amazing. Do you think that the angel can come and cause brightness on the earth? But we must remember with the bold judgment, darkness came because there was a, there was a partial darkness of the sun and, and, and the bodies. It was one of the curses in Egypt. It will, it will be one of the curses in the last, when the wrath of God is poured out uh, just before his second coming. So when this angel appeared, it's almost like the earth was lighting up. And he called with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of a sexual immorality. All nations have been influenced by the mother cult religion that was initiated by Babylon, that is infested with the doctrine of demons. All nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of a sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. Now, he is touching on, uh, he's, he's touching on the political aspects. If you think of how intimately involved is the pope and the bishops with political leaders. If you, if you, go, if you have any, any uh, view, if you, see, if you watch news, you will always see sometimes, sooner or later, one politician will come and kiss the ring of the, of the, of the pontiff, uh, Pontex Maximus, the, the supreme high priest. That's his, the pope's name. So it's the supreme high priest of this um, religion because they are intricately involved in the ruling and reigning of this world. 
For all nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of a sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. So I just say the kings and the merchants. So the next one, we say, say, we say kings and merchants. So it's the political leaders and corporate leaders alike are swept up in this worldwide system of commerce. Um, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of a luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. So what we, what we do see is, now if we, when the Bible talks here at this late stage of God's people, it's not the church. The, the church, um, most, most commentators believe, has been raptured at this point. But it is, the, it are the, so those are the people who came to the Lord Jesus Christ because of the mighty signs that they see. And they realize, I have been deceived all along. I... The Antichrist does not seem to be God, and they confess their sins and they come to the Lord. So those are the, the saints that will stay on until the second coming of the Lord Jesus, when he will come with his uh, church. So God always removes his people before he pours out his judgment. And 2 Peter 2 9 says, God, is able to, God knows how to save his people from wrath. So John MacArthur says this God will call his own. Um, to disentangle themselves from the evil system. This may also be God's calling the elect to abandon the world system and come to faith in the Savior. So it could be a call to salvation once more. How it's going to be done, maybe an angel, who knows. But, it, but for those who are still buying and selling or able to do that, or God is calling them out of that evil system. It gives them a warning. The same way he has done it before the flood. He removed Noah and his family. So in Jeremiah 51, 45, we read this. Come forth from amidst, my people, and each of you save yourselves from the fierce anger of the Lord. And in Jeremiah 51, 6, flee from the midst of Babylon, and each of you save his life. Do not be destroyed in her punishment, for this is the Lord's time of vengeance. He is going to render recompense to her. So although this has happened in the past, is often how prophecies are. A prophecy has a, uh, most prophecies have an immediate fulfillment and a later fulfillment. So it's almost like the, 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 the prophet is seeing two mountaintops, one behind the other. And, and so we will, th that's why John is going back to uh, Jeremiah to remind us of what is going to happen. Pay her back. Come out of her, my people, lest your time you take part in her sins. Back in uh, uh, verse uh, 4. Lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are heaped up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion of her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, she give her, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. And if I read to you Isaiah 47, 7 to 9, see if you can recognize it. And, go, and just go back to verse 4 and, and read with, Yet you said, I will be a queen forever. 
These things you did not consider, nor remember the outcome of them. Now then, hear this, you sensual one, who dwells securely, who says in her heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. I will not sit as a widow, nor know loss of children. But these two things will come on you suddenly in one day, loss of your children and widowhood. Verbatimly quoted from Isaiah. <clears throat> For, uh, verse 8, For this reason her plagues will come on a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burnt up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. Now, when we think of Babylon, you, you, you get the idea that you want it to be a place, a city, because if you think of the judgment will be poured out in a single hour or in a single day and the smoke of a destruction will rise up. So some people say Babylon will be rebuilt. There are commentators that say it's going to happen that Babylon will be rebuilt just to be destroyed again. And other com commentators say, no, you have to remember this is symbolic language. The symbolic language of Babylon here is about the Antichrist domain, the Antichrist reign, and Antichrist rule. But if you think of the, 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 the locus, the locality of the, <coughs> of the false religion is in Rome. We've, we've come across that in, in, in chapter 17. The, the lady, the woman that sits on seven hills. That's, there's no other city, ancient city, that's built on seven hills except Rome. So, is that destruction going to be the rebuilt Babylon, which will be the center of the Antichrist domain, or is it going to be Rome? And some people say it's going to be Rome. And what is interesting, if you look at the geography of Rome, they sit on a fault line. So some people say, could this smoke, could this destruction that's been so quickly in one hour, such a massive city, is that going to be radioactive? Is that going to be a nuclear? Or is that going to be a volcanic eruption? So th those are the options that I'm telling you. But we don't, I don't want you to look into that. But what we, I want you to know is that God has determined a time where the Antichrist and his reign wherever his headquarters and whatever his headquarters will be destroyed as, as, as Baghdad today is only inhabited by hyenas and owls and jackals. That's what the Bible says, and the, they will literally find just wild animals there. So what, what John would want us to know is, no matter the details and the speculations, but what we can know is the same way that, that God appointed this, the time of the Lord Jesus appearance, when the Romans were in power, when Greek was the international language, when the, all the roads were already put in by, by Romans, and when crucifixion was a way of death. And that is when the Lord Jesus came, so that everything could fall into place the way God wanted it to do, to be. And he says in the same way, the day will come when that destruction will happen as surely as it happened in the past. Okay? <clears throat> Which verse was I now? <clears throat> Ten. Alas, alas. Oh, woe, woe. You great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth. So, 
Now, we can look at chapter 18 divided into three sections. The first section is just when the destruction of Babylon or the destruction, destruction of the rule of the Antichrist is proclaimed. And now we look at from the perspective of those who have benefited greatly. If you think today, who is benefiting greatly from a world economy? It is the major merchants. It's the major tech companies. It's the major um, financial companies and institutions in cahoots with politicians. We see that in the States, the politicians go from, they go from politics and they go into commerce. And they go from commerce to politics. So that means that they, they care for one another. They make sure that the laws will not really benefit the people. It benefits it, it benefit them or the big organizations. And they crush the little man underneath. And that is what we see here. What's going to happen when God deals with it, that system? And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore. Praise God, there's going to be an end to corruption and extortion soon. I, uh, so no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold and silver and jewels and pearls and linen and purple cloth and silk and scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, marble, cinnamon, spice, so he's going, through the, he's going through a palace. <clears throat> so he starts, with, he starts in a certain department, right? He goes in the treasure house, and you see gold and silver and copper, and then he goes to the, uh, um, the kitchen, and he gets all the spices. So he's just making sure that we understand the total destruction is going to happen. Wine and oil and fine flour. Th th these are the things that the rich eat. Wheat, cattle and sheep. Now he goes to the stable. Cattle and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves. That is human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you. That's very important. We can, either, we can either listen to the voice of God that calls us and say that your soul cannot be satisfied by anything else but by Him, but by the truth, but by the Word, but by the Spirit. But we will see people trying to satisfy their souls um, with what you can buy. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors uh, are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels, and with pearls. So if you really look if you, some people say what you see here, you might as well look at a, 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 a procession from the Roman Catholic Church. If you see how bedecked they are with jewels, how, how very fine their clothes are, and then you see the color of the scarlet and red. It's very common. It's the colors of the bishops and the, uh, the priests. So we, th th this is why some people read in between the lines that they are, this is probably Rome. The city is going to be probably Rome. The destruction is going to fall on. For in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. So this is what the souls we have found under the altar, the, the, the slain Christians. They say because of the inquisitions in Rome from the, from the, from the inception to now, uh, they, they estimate the death toll for the Inquisition, 55 million people. Nobody talks about that. They've been, if, if, you, if, you would, if you would proclaim a different... Doesn't it sound like Islam? Doesn't it, so then you want to see... So some, the, the, we, uh, no, the, the Christian crusades of the, of the, of the, 
of the Roman Catholic Church with the murderous, murderous crusades. They, they were just, they were just uh, Christianized all the heathen armies to go and fight their wars, pay their debt. So, um, there will come an end to that. So let's go to 21. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of a bridegroom and a bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and the saints, and of all who have been slain on the earth. So the same way Babylon has started with uh, religious deception, and has led to the slaughter of many, many righteous people all through the ages, whether, whether it is... Um, doesn't matter which empire it is. Communism was one of those empires, and Hitler was one of those empires. Pol Pot was one of those empires, and, 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 and now we see it in China. We see it in North Korea. So whatever regime, remember, it's the red dragon with the seven heads and the ten crowns that we are dealing with. That is the empire of Satan. That is Babylon the Great. That is the great prostitute. There's anything that is opposing the plan and the will of God. There is the end of it. So you and I can rejoice, even though, uh, even though we, ha we might find dif more difficult times. If you look, watch in the news and you see how the evil gets more evil and uh, the, the righteous getting more squashed and pushed away, we see the time is coming short for at any stage that it, it can reach us. But what God wants us to know, and that's he, he's in control. It is his time. It is his uh, plan and it will be fulfilled. Their destruction will be complete. Thank you. So we are finally come to the end of all the bad news. Right? So the empire of the enemy has been destroyed. So from now on, we, we, we have done with the vegetables. Now it's time for dessert. And we will see the new heaven and the new earth. We will see the coming Christ. We see the rule and reign of him forever and ever and ever and ever. Thank you.